the other question we have was about uh, should I be washing or sanitizing game pieces that are shared between players, like cards and dice? Or is that considered hygiene theater? Was that considered hygiene theater? <laughs> I, I don't know that I would go to that theater, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, not buying tickets to that. I know where that theater is in Baltimore, and that's a street I don't want to go on. That's all I'm saying. Welcome to D&D Dads, an advice show where two dads answer your role-playing questions. I'm your dad, Brennan Taylor, and I'm looking forward to seeing my friends again in the person someday soon. I'm your dad, Sarah Blackwell, and I smell smoke and gas at random intervals because I got COVID in March of 2020. <laughs> oh boy. Hooray. You know, I actually Hooray! My, my allergies give me um, weird olfactory hallucinations as well. Yes. Phantom smells. Now I have to yeah. do... Um, I smell vinegar at random occasions. I have to do nose physical therapy, Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard about this? But I make my wife's... I, when I smell smoke, I ask my wife, well, what, what, are you, what are you smelling right now? And then she tells me what we're smelling, and then I have to go closer to whatever it is and, and put it beneath my nose and then think of all my strongest memories of that smell so my brain and my nose smell gets connected correctly again oh my goodness yeah it's good times good times good times <laughs> <laughs> What's your big dad energy this week? Well, this uh, Friday, I'm driving my son to get his vaccination. <gasps> That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the interesting thing is uh, he is the last of my immediate family to get this. And it's because he's young and healthy and uh, not in healthcare profession. Right, right. That's amazing, though. That that has to feel really great. Yeah. I mean, it makes me feel happy because I am more confident that he will be safe. So Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. What's your big dad energy this week? Mm, that's a good question. I, I think my big dad energy for this week is that, uh, like a lot of people in the past year, I have become obsessed with gardening. So... Uh, I've been buying a lot of plants at local plant sales, and I feel like uh, a dad <laughs> landscaping energy <laughs> around this, where I'm like, I can like uh, can't control everything, but I sure can fix up my landscape. <laughs> it's just some uh, big dad energy. That is some big dad energy. Getting your fingers in the dirt. That's good. <laughs> So this is a really exciting uh, episode um, because this week we're welcoming back Dr. John Smarr, who was on season one of D&D Dads, episode nine, where we asked him how to get dice out of kids' nose. Um, that episode was recorded before the history-making global pandemic. And uh, so now we've asked Dr. Smarr to return to the podcast to talk about his actual real-life specialty, which is infectious diseases. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Smar. Oh, hello there. This is your guest dad, John. <laughs> and I often 
I often only smell buffalo sauce, but it's because I have a bad habit <laughs> of eating a buffalo sauce-laden dish and then putting on a mask to go in and see patients for a few hours. So then I'm distracted by sweet Frank's buffalo sauce recirculating between trapped between my mouth and my nose. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I I have to tell you that we recorded your episode sometime in uh, t- um, 2019 and we were thinking we were being very, very clever getting all of our episodes in the can before we launched because we thought, well, these are all rather evergreen and what could, you know, be changing um, in 2020 that'd be so different from 2019. Um, and so I still can't believe that we had an expert of infectious diseases on our show in 2020, um, but we asked him about dice. So that's going to live with me forever. <laughs> I think I think it's fantastic timing, the levity that you're bringing of, listen, we're all going through a global pandemic, but we all know what the real problem in the world is. Let's discuss this in depth. And I... I I should note, I do have some big dad energy to share. If <gasps> Oh, yes. I want to hear your big dad energy. Willing, willing to listen. So my world right now, there's a lot of, as many people are, video calls, Zoom calls. My, my employer uses WebEx. Same difference. So there is a certain, uh, there's, a, there's a group of people on my team, and we give uh, educational presentations every so often. And the idea is that we all take turns. And so you don't give this presentation too frequently, like maybe uh, once, twice, three times at most a year. And there's a new person who's joined our team and through just the luck of circumstances, they have been giving this this particular presentation. They keep getting volunteered or in a very dad way, voluntold <laughs> to give this presentation every month. And so I have been running into the ground in excellent dad joke fashion, the idea of saying, Oh, looks like you joined the Columbia House Presentation of the Month Club. You better dust off that compact disc layer because you're going to get another presentation next month. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep saying this to this person over and over. And sometimes I I mix it up and say, no, this today it's the BMG uh compact this <laughs> right. presentation of the month club <laughs> so that that makes me feel good it gives me a little bit of dad energy to make it through the week it's definitely yeah. some dad energy right there <laughs> it is powerful it is. dad stuff An- annoying people with repetitive jokes is big dad <laughs> mm-hmm. and it, it really is <laughs> it, it is it is <laughs> it brings me far too much delight and far too much suffering, I'm sure, to the rest of my coworkers, but so be it. So we wanted to bring you on the show to ask you, um, when can we game together again? And to ask you some more like uh, specific questions around that. Just generally, when can we game together again? Any ideas, thoughts, brilliant uh, insights? I think I think it's going to be for those who haven't started yet. My hope is that it's going to be very soon. I would suggest that this is predicated on everyone having uh, received their vaccines. So, right, 
that's that's kind of an important piece of this whole thing. And generally speaking, uh, at the time of this recording especially, but uh, the CDC has recommended that if you've had all the doses of the vaccine that you were supposed to get, either one or two, depending on which one, and you wait a couple weeks, because generally speaking, it takes about two weeks for your body to react to a vaccine to make enough antibodies to protect you against whatever you were vaccinated against. In this case, of course, the uh, SARS-CoV-2 virus causing COVID-19. Then, then once people are vaccinated, and especially if you're mitigating your risk factors, you're being low risk. If you've got, you know, the the sexy terminology of the COVID bubble, who's in your COVID bubble? That's something <laughs> that so many people have been asking. Um, but yeah, if you if 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 everyone if you can trust that the people in your gaming group, whoever that is, friends, family, are being sensible. Um, that you've all been vaccinated and it's been a couple weeks, that's, that, that's kind of the answer. And so I know that there are some people who uh, that's, that's true now. They can get together at least in small groups and game. And I will tell you that my own uh, Pathfinder role-playing group, which meets weekly, uh, we're targeting May in terms of having everyone be fully vaccinated. And so uh, as much as we're doing things over Roll20 and Discord, um, which is fun, nothing can truly replicate, you know, being with other people in the flesh, as they say. So I think it's going to be very soon. Um, The other piece of this was that, you know, over the last month, really, the floodgates have opened with regards to vaccine availability. Because, of course, we started out having only one vaccine and then two and and continued rollout and increased supply. And it's really over the last three or four weeks that suddenly most states have opened everything up wide. And so I think that we're at a point that anyone who is really focused on wanting to get scheduled to get a vaccine, you're going to be able to relatively easily get that done in the very near future. That's really great. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to, since we're a podcast for dads, um, and many dads, though not all, have kids, <laughs> because we have a very broad definition of dad here. Um, I think kids are an interesting factor in this pandemic. So, you know, for example, um, Brennan and I are, are, of course, getting vaccinated. Um, I am one shot in, and um, the adults in my family and in my COVID bubble have been vaccinated. And as Brennan mentioned, his family's well on the way to getting vaccinated. But I also have a four-year-old child. And the likelihood is, you know, vaccines aren't going to be released for her for quite some time. So um, being that, of course, we want to protect everyone, um, does that mean that, you know, so Brennan being fully vaccinated uh, shouldn't come to visit us because if if we have an unvaccinated member of our household? Well, that's not necessarily the case because you know the right thing to do is multiple layers of bubble wrap. Make sure that you have plenty <laughs> of air holes, but multiple layers of bubble wrap, and then just place the child in a large air cleaner. This is the answer. <laughs> Everything will be fine. Just make sure you change the HEPA filter as recommended by the manufacturer on the instruction manual. That is the key. 
I think I think the the answer to that, and and I should just say that with any of these questions, there is no easy right answer. And I'm going to back up for a second to just pontificate and note that that uh, the SARS-CoV-2 virus and this COVID-19 illness is in several fundamentally fundamental ways so unexpected with regards to things that it can do. The whole piece of it being able to be transmitted by people who don't have symptoms or who don't feel like they have symptoms, there really aren't any other big easily spread viruses that we recognize that can do that. Certainly not of pandemic potential. That threw people for a loop. The other thing is the fact that it's very clear that in many circumstances, it has this airborne transmission as opposed to droplet transmission. And I know we've probably all heard that in in the news and in medical discussions, but those mean two separate, very specific things in the medical world. And that's why there was the initial recommendations. And it's still true uh, that places will say stand at least six feet apart because most things, most respiratory viruses, let's say like influenza, it's it's something that it's transmitted by droplets that when you cough or sneeze, they're big enough that they're not going to float on the air for dozens and dozens of feet, and they're going to land five to six feet away from you at most. And so if you're staying that far away, you should be fine. And the fact that there's been this recognition that's very clear that uh, in the right or wrong circumstances that things can be spread via this airborne route uh, over longer distances in contained spaces, that has been a, uh, a very unexpected thing. So I wanted to take that tangent to point out that, it, that it, we are, there is uncertainty that we're still trying to understand about this particular virus itself that leads into all of these recommendations. And then this then leads me to say that whenever I'm answering these type of questions, or perhaps as importantly, making safe decisions for myself or for my family or loved ones or friends, it is it all comes down to the fact that, and this feels like a dad platitude, which is great mm-hmm. that we're on yeah, d no. dads. <laughs> is that In fact, it's the place to do it. It is. Life itself carries some sort of risk it's the Mm -hmm. whole all the dad platitudes about you know you whatever you do in life why you go ahead and do that hey you could just be out walking and you get hit by a car etc (laughs) etc all those sort of dad things you say is that everything that we do in life carries some sort of risk there's nothing that's risk free and that even includes say, when we're talking about vaccines and concern about vaccine side effects. There's nothing that we do that is risk-free. So it's about making basic smart decisions to make sure that we're not being too risky and realizing that there's nothing that there's an extreme that you can try to take it to under the auspices of being safe, that at some point it gets to be ridiculous. So for instance, to pull it back to the question that you asked, um, one easy answer would be to say, nope, we're just not going to ever have anyone visit or be around other people's children until there is a pediatric formulation of one or more of these vaccines available. That is a logical thing that someone could say. I don't Mm -hmm. think that's reasonable, and I don't think that's practical. 
And I think that a big piece, uh, and this kind of is like the the scenario that you've postulated, like Brennan's going to come visit and the kiddo's there and the kiddo hasn't had a vaccine. Well, you, 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 you both know each other. It turns out you co-host a podcast. <laughs> your buddies, your buddies in dadhood. And so you under, so I would argue you, you're in a COVID bubble already, whether or not you actually uh, have had the opportunity or taken the opportunity to hang out because you understand sort of the level of, of uh, uh, the liberalness or the conservativeness of how you've been approaching your daily activities with regards to this situation. And so if you know Listen, we know everyone's vaccine status. We know that all of us are being careful. We're not taking any great risks. Um, yes, there's a child involved and there's no vaccine for the child yet. And then this gets into, we'll just say, hypothetically, you know whether or not is there any in-person schooling going on with other kids. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it starts cascading into things like that. So, for instance, I might be a little hesitant if I hear, oh, that the child in this scenario is back in in-person schooling and it turns out they've got like 20 or 30 kids in whatever particular grade or age appropriate level. And so there is some degree of contact and who knows what the school is doing with regards to trying to enforce things in a classroom. But how can you really enforce things on children who want to be children, who want to actually play with each other and be around each other, that type of thing? So is it more of a, is is it, what's the risk of the kid getting getting uh, involved, getting exposed to to COVID-19. Bottom line is I can speculate, I can say all these things. Honestly, I think the risk is low, and especially if the adults are vaccinated. The thing that is the most important thing to me about the vaccines is, again, nothing is 100% in life. A dad saying, if ever there was one. But, But we do know that Generally speaking, especially in the trials, the the two main vaccines that have been out for the longest, the uh, Pfizer and the Moderna flavors, they're 90-something <laughs> percent effective at preventing uh, people from getting symptomatic infections of COVID-19. But in the studies, they're 100% effective of if you're in that small proportion of then getting sick after having gotten the vaccine. of the people in those trials, when they got COVID, the few that did, did not get super sick, did not have to go into the hospital, and very fortunately did not end up dying from that. So it's probably not going to be 100% in the real world, but one key thing is that it really, really reduces your chances of getting it. And if on the offhand you do end up getting it, you end up having, as far as we can tell, very likely you're just going to have a mild case. Like it's it's preventing mm-hmm. the worst possible outcomes from this. And so I would say that in this uh, scenario, you know, if as long as you understand the situation, I would be like, if, I would be totally comfortable coming to visit you, seeing the unvaccinated Aww. child. I, I don't <laughs> know that I would be licking the unvaccinated child <laughs> multiple times. I don't know that I would be covering them with buffalo sauce. <laughs> but separate question. So that was a long and meandering uh, answer. I, I hope that made sense. It does. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. We do have a couple of other questions from our uh, audience. Yeah. Um, some of these are 
more serious than others, I think. <laughs> um, it's fine. Both the serious and the not serious are fun to dads. Yeah. Uh, somebody asked if given a large enough gaming space, would providing all the players with DM screens be feasible and safe for in-person gaming? That is an interesting question. And I guess uh, my question back as a clarifying question is, is the idea of providing all the players with DM screens? Is that trying to sort of demarcate more of a personal space? Is that trying to be sort of a barrier to, oh no, I have COVID and I cough? Or is it just to, you know, be cool and have more DM screens? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, being cool and having more DM screens is always an option. I would assume they're thinking about transmission in this case. Right. And I think the, the, and this gets into thinking about the whole indoor gaming thing and just pulling back to something I mentioned before is we know that there have been some, as they say, super spreader events where someone who has been sick in an indoors area has transmitted it and it's gone through like the ventilation or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, so again, you're, you're, you're dealing with multiple things. I don't know that say, DM screens are necessarily terribly effective if you gave it to all the players. I don't think that's anything that's going to be helpful in preventing transmission. However, it turns out that DM screens are very effective at allow you, allowing you to be a DM and feeling awesome. Because <laughs> and maybe, maybe that's the most important thing. I do think <laughs> that, let me take another spirit of that question, that the idea of when we're able to get together, having more room as opposed to being crowded around a smaller table, if you can have enough room for everybody to have a DM screen, whether or not they have it, that seems like a, a good idea to me. And I think there's mm -hmm. going to be some, maybe some lessons and things going ahead that uh, once we get to the point of vaccination and hopefully the pandemic quiesces, uh, hopefully soon, Things like, are there going, there may be some people who will just want to keep wearing masks, or maybe people are going to be a little bit more attentive to hygiene, and maybe more people are going to be attentive to maybe I can find more room if I'm gaming, and especially if I'm sick, maybe I shouldn't come, or maybe I shouldn't be coughing on people, and just having more of a, a policing or awareness of one's own personal space and infectious risk, maybe that will be a positive thing that comes out of this whole situation. Yeah. I know I'm definitely going to be wearing a mask on public transit from now on, whether I'm mm -hmm. vaccinated or not. So yes. Yeah. The other question we have was about uh, should I be washing or sanitizing game pieces that are shared between players like cards and dice? Or is that considered hygiene theater? Was that considered hygiene theater? I, I don't know that I would go to that theater, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, not buying tickets to that. I know where that theater is in Baltimore, and that's a street I don't want to go on. That's all I'm saying. Um, I would say that especially where we're at right now, unless, really, really honestly, to I, I feel like it lands more in the hygiene theater. Like, for instance, the idea of, and I understand where the idea originally came up with back at the start of the pandemic, and still I see some folks do it now, the idea of when you're going out to the store or whatnot that you're wearing gloves. 
the, the people going out and wearing gloves and thinking that that's going to do something meaningful to protect protect them in this case that's complete theater um it does seem reasonable that you could argue that there are certain circumstances where much like influenza you could get COVID-19 because the SARS-CoV-2 virus is on a surface and then you rub your eye, you rub your mouth, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so it could be transmitted that way. That is a very common way to get something like influenza. And that in, indeed is likely a way that you can get uh, COVID-19 as well. But at the end of the day, the the big the the air the airborne sort of route uh, that piece of it seems to be the stronger, more important thing uh, to focus on in terms of preventing transmission. Because when you go down the rabbit hole of trying to sanitize a game, then you're going into, well, yeah, the plastic pieces are going to be very easy to to bleach or wipe down. But then, what do I do with my cardboard pieces? And what are the quality of the cardboard? And is this going to absorb this? And how long is the virus going to live on the surface? And I guess for me, the answer is, if we're assuming that this is a game that is not, say, at a Gen Con level of a convention, where it's something that you could have, you don't know who had this last, you don't know who's going to have it next, um, likely it's going to be in more of a controlled situation. And the easiest thing to do, honestly, is don't worry about sanitizing the game. Just make sure that before and after you play, wash your hands. And then while you're playing, don't pick your nose. Don't stick your finger in your ear. Don't rub your eyes. Mm-hmm. That, and if you don't do those things, that whatever's on the game pieces, if anything, which seems less likely, the corollary to this is think about it. There have actually never, it's never been a documented case of, or even a suspicion that say COVID-19, someone's gotten COVID-19 because of the mail. Because, say, like a mail carrier was sick, put the mail in your mailbox and you got it. Um, again, all these situations are far more complex than, than saying them in that small way. So, so, yes, there's a theoretical risk there. But honestly, the best way to mitigate it is not, not worry about how am I going to sanitize uh, my entire thing of Gloomhaven. It's going to be, you know, just <laughs> wash your hands beforehand, wash your hands after, afterhand. Don't stick things in your orifices while you're playing. Even <laughs> dice. See, where it's a callback. This is going back to the first season. Back to the first callback. season. Oh my gosh, it's so good to get a callback. I, th- I think uh, these are just like good advice in general, too, mm-hmm. not to stick yes, things absolutely. in your orifices. So yes, yes, absolutely. Um, so, John, you like returning to the question of when we can game together again. I've heard you say um, risk a bunch, and 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 talking about like assessing risk, and some things having more risk, and some things having less risk. And of course, we can't avoid risk altogether. But I would love to just lay out some concrete things that people could do to mitigate some risk. Like, I mean, obviously, your gaming group could meet virtually no risk, right? Pretty much no risk. And then everybody gets vaccinated in your gaming group. That that's that's a that's a really good like low risk. And then like are there other things that you would suggest that people could do to make say their gaming experience safer? Um saying that they're like obviously, you know, getting vaccinated is the top most important thing. But are there like other things that could folks could do 
Yeah, I think one. In addition easy, to. <laughs> no, absolutely. And one easy one easy suggestion there is it's clear there's some degree of risk if someone is actually sick of being indoors, especially indoors mm-hmm. in a confined area. And while it's not the the most common thing to do, if you're able to do anything with meeting, with board game, role playing game, whatnot, in person outdoors, um, mm-hmm. we're getting the temperature. The the days are starting to get more and more on the beautiful side. Um, and being able to even set up under an umbrella or a tent or some or a covered porch. Um, hopefully it's not too windy, but getting together and doing it outdoors, um, not only with air circulation, but also there is uh, very likely a component of the UV rays from the sun in terms of sterilizing and uh, working against the SARS-CoV-2 virus, that that would be an easy thing to do as well. Um, if if, if you have folks in your group where you're maybe concerned a little bit about I know Mike. He's into some crazy stuff. <laughs> he likes to swap some fluids. He he goes out and does, does questionable things at times. And I'm not sure he got vaccinated. Right. Um, <laughs> just being, if you're in a situation like that, thinking, well, uh, maybe not necessarily eating at the gaming table or doing things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and, and that gets hard because, you know, there are some things like uh, in some countries and this, this gets into a specific niche of, of things that I follow, but uh, Japanese professional wrestling, one of the things that they have done for indoor gatherings for audiences is that of course you have to wear a mask, but you're not allowed to cheer or shout because the idea mm-hmm. is that if you cheer or shout, that is more of a aerosol generating thing. You're generating respiratory droplets or aerosols that's going to go out in the air. And yes, you're wearing a mask, and in theory, that's going to be catching it. But you know, we've all seen how people wear masks. Right. I don't understand. My right. favorite story is I went to the store. This was uh, a few months ago, and there was a, a woman at the deli counter speaking to a deli attendant, and they were having a hard time hearing each other. And so the woman placed her deli order. The man could not hear it behind the counter. And so she took her mask and she didn't take it off. She just pulled it down so that her nose was exposed. It's like pulling down your underwear to show your genitals. It was, it was rude. It was, she flashed him. And then she repeated her order only with the mask showing her nose, but still covering her mouth. And to me, the third party... I didn't hear a difference, but then he acted like, oh, oh, I completely understand you now. And then he said something back to this person, and she then indicated, oh, no, I can't hear you. And then he did the same thing. He displayed, oh, his, he, he displayed his face genitals, um, but the mask was still covering his mouth. And, and then he repeated it, and again, it was equally as intelligible to me, but then this apparently made things clear, clear to her. So... <laughs> So the idea of of uh, if it, and I guess the I'll back up for a moment to say it's how comfortable you are with say I I can't imagine that at this point people are really going to want to wear masks if they're sitting down to playing a long board game or playing a role playing game or something like that. So my presumption is if you are if you're in a situation where you're not wearing masks you're pro- and you're having fun, you're probably going to get excited. You're going to be shouting. You're going to be talking. But even something like, you know, maybe maybe we don't eat at the table, 
um, maybe we pull that off to the side. I don't know how much that's going to buy you, but it's another thought. It's another right. suggestion in general that's that might help things be a little bit uh, less risky. Well, thanks, John. I think this yeah. is really helpful. Um, Very comprehensive. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I, I'm excited uh, for the day when we can game together again uh, uh, as well. Uh. That will be lovely. <laughs> that would be that would be lovely, and I'm glad, very glad that uh, you you folks asked me to be on, but also that you find this to be to be helpful. I'm trying to approach this in a very speculative dad kicking back in his uh, uh, <laughs> rocker chair type of a way. I am currently sitting in a rocking chair, just so you know. Very nice. Well, you you deserve it. You deserve ah, it. Ah. We all so deserve we the rocking a, chairs. <laughs> we have a we have a section a new section on our show, uh, John, where we make recommendations, um, Ooh, which can be exciting. anything you like. It can be dad related, a charity, a store, a game, whatever you like. Um, Brennan, do you have a recommendation for this week? I do. Uh, this is a graphic novel called "The Girl from the Sea" by uh, Molly Knox Ostertag, uh, who Ooh. you may have heard of. She did a uh, long-running online comic called Strong Female Protagonist. But, oh, uh, the, yes. The Girl from the Sea is about uh, precisely that, a magical girl from the sea who uh, uh, meets a girl from land and they fall in love. And it's about all the complications that ensue. I love it. It's Yeah, it's it's a very light uh but very uh comfortable story i feel like it it has it deals with some real emotion but it's 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 kind-hearted i would like to recommend flossing in front of the television <laughs> um because <laughs> because i know a lot of people don't floss at all and i know that the typical situation is to floss in front of the mirror but if you're not flossing um why not just be a, a goblin like me and uh floss in front of the television um it'll make you more likely to do it <laughs> and um you'll feel satisfaction when something terrible falls out from between your teeth oh, that's not going to live there anymore and that is my recommendation um, John, do you have a recommendation? I just want to pile on with yours. I do. <laughs> but I want to note, one, props for giving something that's all about dental health. <laughs> that's so critical and neglected. And two, I will point out, is it not one of the most satisfying feelings to have had something wedged between your teeth and then the yes. moment of dislodgement when it falls out? Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> It's so, it's like your brain starts singing yes, with joy. Absolutely. <laughs> so my first, uh, my, my obvious recommendation is get vaccinated, everyone. <laughs> just do it, unless there's a reason not to. But but seriously, just just do it. Just do it. It's important. It's critical. It's important for you. It's important for your family. It's important for your friends. It's important for society. And most importantly, it's important for your gaming group so that we can all get back to doing this thing that we love in person. Yes. My, my other recommendation is really play a role-playing mm -hmm. game. Like specifically, pick something that's going to be new to you 
and fun. Like it's great for those of us who have our D&D or Pathfinder or whatnot groups, especially when we've been able to to meet online. Or and then now we're looking ahead to be able to get back together in person. But pick up something something new and exciting. And if you want something that's super goofy and and positive, and I know both of you as dad hosts <laughs> are are familiar with both of the games I'm about to mention. If you want just something that's silly and awesome, grab the excellence as a role-playing game in which you're all princesses in a band. I don't need to say more. I don't don't. need to say more. It's a role-playing game about everyone being princesses. Oh, by the way, you're in a band and you've earned a sword and you've won a crown and now the world is awesome. You got to keep it safe. What more could you want? If you want this goofy, fun, positive experience. The flip side is if you're like, you know, pandemic i gotta i gotta get i got some aggression i've got to get some some stuff out um and i should say both of these games are not actively playing but i'm really jonesing to to be able to get back into them the other one is delta green which is the uh a game of of cthulhu only in the modern era it's kind of like uh think x files and that's that's all you really need to know you are government agents for Delta Green, which is the super secret government underground agency that deals with emerging Cthulian threats, and you can make it super serious, and you can can make it uh, can make it into a horror thing, but you can also inject elements of realism, elements of humor and silliness and over the top goofiness, much like the X Files TV show did. So I think I think it's a time to pick up. A wonderful role-playing game. Celebrate being able to get back together soonly with with try a new game out that matches your mood and what you want to play. That's my recommendation. I love that. That's yeah, perfect. Thank you. What a great note to end on. <laughs> You've been listening to D and D Dads, a role-playing game advice show for everyone at the table, the parlor, or the dungeon. I've been your dad, Brennan Taylor, and I've been your dad, J.R. Blackwell. Send your questions to askyourdads at gmail.com for advice about playing, running, or writing a role-playing game. Because if we don't know the answer, we know someone who does. Throw out the socks that have the holes in them. You know the ones. Hush now, darling, dry your eye. It's not forever goodbye. There's no reason to be sad. Come join us next time here on D and D Dads. D and D Dads is hosted by Brennan Taylor and J.R. Blackwell and produced by Seamus Ronan. Original theme music was written and performed by Kate Nix. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at D and D Dads. Rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. You can support the podcast on Patreon at patreon.com backslash askyourdads. Send us your questions at askyourdads at gmail.com.